This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Now, back to the Six Rings postgame show on WEEI. Never Say Die, Ian Eagle, who actually was on the call today, which gave Andy reason to pause moments ago. Coming off Sweet Victory, which I didn't know was from Spongebob, but I thought was actually an end credit song from an 80s action movie. Now I'm inspired. So the rest of the day, all of our rejoins are going to be end credit songs from crappy 80s action movies. This is one of my all-time favorites and a favorite of... T.J. Connolly, the house DJ, of course, for the Boston Celtics and at Gillette Stadium for the New England Patriots. He plays this at halftime whenever they have the peewee football games, Andy. That's well, never say those. those are awesome. Tremendous. That's the end credit song from, it's called Never Say Die, Iron Eagle, from, of course, the seminal Top Gun ripoff with Jason Gedrick and Louis Gossett Jr., Iron Eagle. Oh, I remember seeing that. Remember that movie? Yeah. Chappie Sinclair. Chappie! Listen to this sweet kid. Are you kidding me? This oh. is better than the first one. Grab your Bonnet shades, your bomb equipment shirt, and your Jabot jeans. It's the late 80s and we're cool again. Zubas? No, that was 90s. That's a Buffalo thing, too. Oh, no, no, no. That was everywhere. There were no, Zubas everywhere. Like now they I just suppose. kept it into the 2000s and beyond. God, that song is hot. 
speaking of hot, did you see that Bernie Kosar and Taylor Swift were pre-gaming together? Hold Do with that as second. you may. <laughs> Ber- what world is this where Bernie Kosar and Taylor Swift pre-game? What Check is Bernie Twitter. Kosar doing out no there idea. for the Chargers? And he looks <laughs> creepy as F. You need to see the photo. <laughs> did, you, did you ever see the U? Doc- I mean, it's the bit. It's the greatest 30 for 30, the U. Kosar's in that. And he talks like, he sounds like a character from a doc, from like a, like a Scorsese movie from the seven. Like he's got this super thick accent. Sounds like a total caricature of a human. Well, wait till you see him standing next to Taylor Swift. It's... I mean... It looks fake. It's like... It's what the crossover crosso- event of the millennium. Bernie goes over Taylor Swift. Yeah, I don't even know. It's like... It's like one of these bad cameos in a movie, and you're like, I don't even know why that guy's in there. Like Adam Sandler movie, and you just laugh and move on. Bernie Kosar, Taylor Swift. Yep. Unbelievable. All right. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline is somebody who knows how pickles are made and where they're best served on pizza. He also happens to be the beat writer extraordinaire for WEI.com, emerging freshly from a victorious locker room, the one and only Mike Cadlick. Mike, you have called in each and every week here on the Six Rings Post Game Show. And it's been funeral-esque, to say the least, or best. What was it like in the locker room today for a change? It feels like Texas, baby. We're back. Uh, <laughs> it felt good. Uh, the locker room was good. Uh, they, very, everyone was hyped up. You know, it felt like a good win. Uh, they didn't waste any time getting to the podium. Guys were willing to talk. Uh, some music was playing. It was all good down at Foxborough. Uh, finally, finally getting themselves back in the W column. So, uh, yeah, the vi- vibes are high. How uh, how important do you think this was? Because we've been not only forget the blowouts, but they've been. We talked about it earlier. I think Mac has remained relatively even keeled. They've talked a good game, but they finally have some fruits of their labor, like to actually get something yeah. productive and not a. Well, this was a make-right game against a bad team. This is the Buffalo Dam Bills. This is Josh Allen. And you took a knockout punch in the fourth quarter and got off the mat and then knocked them out. How critical can this be moving forward without getting too far ahead of ourselves? Yeah, no, I think I think it's massive. I mean, I heard you guys talking, you know, as I was uh, as I was leaving just about uh how there's no caveats to this. There's no oh but some, but Josh Allen was out. Oh, but Stefan Diggs left in the third quarter. Oh, but they didn't have this, that, and the other thing. Like this was a high quality, come from behind win. Like you said, with a knockout punch in the fourth quarter, and Matt Jones went down and shoved it down the Bills' throats for a W. There's no ifs, ands, or or buts about it. He played very well. The defense played very well. You know, taking Stefan Diggs out of the game for the most part, and. They put together a high-quality win against a viable opponent. So, I, I look, I'm not going to sit here and try and tell you. I, I jokingly tweeted during the game, you know, well, if they go 12-5, and five, it's not going to win the AFC East. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say they can win 10 straight. But you're right. From what they've said the last, you know, three or four weeks after, you know, a couple blowouts and a, and a close loss to Vegas last weekend, Mac has stayed even keeled, and they have said all the right things. And um, it sounded and felt a little silly for a while because they kept, banging their head against the wall and nothing was nothing was happening, but uh, it finally happened today. So certainly something to build around. I know that I'm sure every Patriots fan in the in the the region across the country sat and tried to watch UNC and USC and Washington football yesterday, and they watched Caleb Williams and Drake May and Michael Penix all pee down their leg while Mac Jones went down and you know won a football game. So might make them feel better about their quarterback, too, from a fan's perspective. So it, today was a great day for the Patriots, a great day for fans, a great day for everyone. It was, it was a solid victory. 
Mike Cadlick from WEEI.com joins us via the Harbor One hotline here on the Six Rings postgame show. Mike, what were you more impressed by? The Patriots generating their best pass rush of the year minus all of their best pass rushers or the Patriots mm-hmm. having their best offensive line day minus several key members of the offensive line, uh, including kicking Mike Onwenu back out all the way to right tackle? Yeah, I mean, in theory, you'd, you'd have to say that the pass rush was, I guess, more impressive only for the fact that, you know, what you said, Fitzy, they're down uh, Keon White, Josh Uche, and Mike, uh, Matthew Judon, rather. But the, what was more important to the game itself and the win itself was definitely the offensive line. I think the fact that, you know, I, I read a tweet from Evan Lazar from Patriots.com that they, they asked Mike Onweno earlier in the week to, if he was comfortable kicking outside this week and playing tackle. He said yes. They practiced him there all week, and um, it certainly played off. I think Mac Jones was only sacked once on the day. He was able to sit back there, make his reads, felt comfortable, and behind a line that hasn't been you know, put together really all, all season long. I, before the game, I, I posted that this was their fifth offensive line combination in six games, and usually that's a recipe for disaster. But when you have on Wenu out there, it allows the rookie guard in, in City So to, you know, have a better feel between David Andrews on his left and Mike Onwenu on his right. And Cole Strange comes back today, and Trent Brown has been Trent Brown all year, and David Andrews, like as we know, is David Andrews. So um, that was huge. It made the off. It helped the offense hum. It helped them go down there and take you know their second lead of the entire season uh, right on the first drive. They got the ball and they went down and they scored three points. Everyone was clamoring for them to go get seven. And in the moment, I agreed with it. But uh, no, I think. Definitely the offensive line. I think that's that's what helped them win this game for sure. I think, and I think Mike Onwenu should never play offensive guard in this league again. He should be the Patriots' right tackle. He played like one. He should they should pay him like one, and uh, he should be sticking around here. So the offensive line was definitely more paramount in my opinion. So should we all take a collective victory lap? Because I'm pretty sure everybody on the planet has been consistent with two things this fall: put Onwenu at right tackle and give Demario yeah. Douglas more reps, more targets, more plays. And we got both of those today, and we got their best victory in a long, long time. I don't think that's a coincidence. We're right. Bill's wrong. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, Pop was awesome. But the, the, stat, the stat sheet, I guess it really said it. He had like four, four catches, I think, for 60-something yards. I mean, that was his best output of the year. Um, and even when he wasn't getting the football, he was obviously commanding coverage because he is the Patriots' best wide receiver, bar none, on the field. And it's crazy to say that because he's a sixth-round pick out of Liberty, but he is their best playmaker, best wide receiver. I think he had close to 100 total yards with the punt return and with the rush as well. So that kid's a stud. you got to keep playing him. I know he was out last week with a concussion, but uh, he should be the focal point of the offense moving forward. So, I, yes, you're right, Andy. We are correct, and Bill Belichick was wrong. <laughs> so we deserve we long-term extensions. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. We're the ones who should be signing the long-term extensions. extensions. I want $25 million a year. What did you think? What did you make of that, yeah, by the way, before? Because I know there was a lot of back and forth on Twitter. There were certain people walking things back saying, well, you know, Tommy Curran being one saying, well, you know, if, if yeah. both sides want to get out of this, maybe at the end of this year or next year, money can be paid or there could be, you know, agreements between all parties, et cetera. Um, you know, did you hear, did you hear anything? You got a feel for this. What, what's your take on and the, also the convenient timing of the release of this yeah. news that uh, Belichick signs a long-term extension a day after he celebrates some of his guys like Vrabel yeah. and Scar at the Pats Hall of Fame and before he takes on the Bills. Yeah, so Karin said it best, I think, where these, these Sunday scoops that all the, the big guys at NFL Network and ESPN kind of drop are, um, 
not that they're wrong and incorrect, but they, they use them and that they're, they're the clicks thing. And I'm, I'm not against clicks. I'm in the clicks business, but that's what they do. They garner up information and they, they sort of morph it into something for their Sunday headlines. And I think that's sort of what Rappaport probably did here. He did it with Zeke a few weeks ago as well. And not, I'm not going to sit here and say that he didn't sign a contract. I think my opinion and what I probably think happened is in January when they made all their moves and they brought Bill O'Brien in and they signed Gerard Mayo to an extension and said that he's going to be here for the long term. I bet you Bill went to Robert and said, okay, if they're going to be here, they're going to work for me. They're not going to be here to try and replace me. I want some, uh, I want an extension. I want some more money too. And I want to make sure that I'm going to be here while they're here as well. And so um, Karin said it where I think it, he'd be shocked if it wasn't through just next year, 2024. So maybe in theory, Bill was actually a, a lame duck coach last year and didn't have a contract for the season uh, and signed a, quote, multi-year extension that was really just 2023 and 2024. Um, as far as the report getting out, everyone sort of mentioned today that there's three people on planet Earth that know about Bill's contract, and it's him, Robert, and Jonathan, who leaked it after a 1-5 and five start. I'm going to go with Bill Belichick to Rappaport. That's just what, or not directly, but, you know, that's probably where it came from was Bill's camp and I think it's funny how after the game he's asked about it, he says, I don't talk about my contract. He does, and that's okay. It was, it was the PR move after yesterday. I'm sure he was fired up at the podium because he knew that that was dropping tomorrow morning, and he knew that uh, he had it coming out today. But what made it even better, again, was this you know, 29-25 win against the Bills. That makes it even sweeter, I think. Um, so, yeah, it's Bill, Bill's job for the foreseeable future, and uh, that's what we've got to go with. Yeah, Bill doesn't talk about his contract, but Bears Nigerian texts about it to Ian Rappaport before the <laughs> biggest game of the year. Uh, anyway. Dropping names and burning bridges over here, guy. I'm not burning bridges. The truth <laughs> is never mean. Anyway, so I want to spin it forward. It's a great win. Nobody can take that yeah. back, but guess what? Singular great wins do nothing in any sport, really, National Football League in Especially particular. Especially when you're 2-5. and five. Right. You're still in a hole. You're still digging out. Does We were all in the dumps. We were all talking about tanking, and we were all wondering where does the next win even come from? Does this change your perception of the Patriots' final 10 games of the season? Are they now more likely to win, I don't know, five games, six games, seven games? Or is this a one-off where you're still looking for them to prove that they can find any kind of consistency? Um, as far as the outlook on the season, I mean, I don't – they're going to they're gonna try and fight for a playoff spot. Um, I don't know if they'll get there. Like, obviously, you know, they're two and five. It's, it's, it's an uphill battle here. I don't think, and everyone talks about tanking. NFL teams aren't going to tank. You can't tank in this league. You're going to go out there and everyone's going to play hard and they're going to try and win. So you're never going to see active tanking on the football field. Might the Patriots make a few moves here at the deadline, um, that, you know, are considered selling? Yeah, potentially. I think I still look at a guy like Josh Uche who was out today and Anthony Jennings and Christian Barmore and everybody in the pass rush was still dominant. If he can garner the third, fourth round pick, whatever it is, I say you sell him and you work towards next year with that. But then you'll, they'll also probably look at two guys like Kendrick Bourne and Mike Onwenu, who, yeah, granted, Bourne did fumble today, but they put him back out here. He had a touchdown. He was solid today. Mike Onwenu would think, okay, well, they can still be building blocks instead of selling these guys. Maybe we work towards, you know, extensions for these guys or, start to work towards something um, in the offseason for those guys. So um, I don't think they're going to be crazy sellers. I don't think you're going to see Mac Jones traded like people mentioned. I don't think you're going to even see a guy like Hunter Henry traded or Mike Nguyenu. Uh They'll keep their building blocks and uh, still work towards next year, still work towards next year. As far as my outlook on the team, um, 
I mean, again, t- today was a big win, but can you do it again is a huge question. Like, you play Miami next week, best offense in football. We'll see what they do tonight against Philly. Um, if you get a win against Miami, then you start to, you know, talk about momentum and you go into the Giants game on Thanksgiving weekend and you have the commanders before that and the Colts after that with Gardner Wintrue. I mean, th- there's some winnable games after this Miami spot. So if you can either win it or keep it close, then you you can maybe parlay this into, you know, a 9-8 and eight season when it's all said and done. Um, but for right now, you got to worry about the next one. I sound like Belichick, but you know that's really all you can do is focus on focus on the Dolphins and whatever happens after that happens. Hey, listen, you know what? For a day, Mike, Patriots fans were entertained. Bill Belichick gets his 300th. There was joy in Pat's yep. nation, and Mac Jones gets his first major signature, if you will, comeback win as QB one of the Patriots. So for just a moment, let us all bask in the fact that all feels right again <laughs> in Pat's nation. Now, we'll see what happens when they go down to Miami next week. We'll talk to you, of course, after that game as well. Hey, what's your, Fitzy, what's your question that you're asking everyone today? Oh, the, of course we should ask you on our way out. The question of the yeah. day, Mike, every caller, even if they're an expert or a writer or contributor here at WEI, you have to tell me, can this win turn the Patriots' season around and give them more wins than losses the rest of the way? Will this be a catalyst? Mike? Uh, can it? Yes. Um, I think again, they, and I, co- I sort of just said it in that last, in that last, Correct. I kind of already answered. So there's your question. It. You got to take them one way at a time. You go there. Yeah, there we go. Excellent. Good job. As Boo, always. 12 and five. Oh, for God's sake. Win the division to 12 and five, baby. Me and Andy are going to playoff games. 12 and five, staying alive. <laughs> God, Lord help me. Bye, Mike. Mike, excellent job as always. We'll look forward to reading yeah. your stuff this week. And of course, listening to you on the Six Rings pod Friday night with Rich Keefe and more. Good job. Enjoy the rest of your night. That's Mike Cadlick from WEI.com joining us on the Harbor One Hotline. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. We'll get to your calls when we come back. And Chris Scheim from the Greg Hill Morning Show checks in, the biggest Mac hater on the world. What will he say after today's big dub for McCorkle Jones when we come back? Andy, a can of beer of your choice if you can name... What movie? This is the end credit song. Bloodsport. Did you hear me? You heard me tell Joe. But I still get a can of beer. You didn't have any. You cheated. Cheat? You didn't ask if I knew or heard. Hey, you got to fight to survive in the Kumite that is the NFL, right? Sure. Most appropriate. Our all 80s power ballad end credit action movie rejoins continue on Victory Sunday. And there's no person who oh, yeah. there's no person who loves a good musical rejoin as much as he does the quarterback of the New England Patriots. Then our next guest on the Harbor One Hotline joining us on his ride home from Gillette Stadium. Hopefully he has gotten out of the Route 1 traffic and he is close to home at this point after enjoying a day at the old ballpark with his pops. The one and only Chris Shime Time Shime joins us on the Harbor One Hotline here on Six Rings. Shima, gentlemen, how we doing? Big win for the Pats today. Did you enjoy yourself, friendo? <laughs> I, I got to tell you, it was. I had a great day. Like it was, uh, it's the first time my dad and I ever got to go to a Pats game together. Uh, could not have asked for a better game to go to. If you're just looking for one individual game, had everything in it. All kinds of drama. What a day. <laughs> Excuse me, I got choked up. I can't believe you said what a day after a Mac Jones comeback win. Does your dad hate Mac Jones too? 
No, no, no. Uh, a little bit. Not, not nearly as much vitriol in him as there is in me. Because, you know, he's seen the Patriots at their worst, so he just wants them to be as best as they can, you know? So, Shime, the, we're asking everybody. Well, first of all, you have to say 25-30, 272, two touchdowns, only one sack. That was a pretty damn good effort from Mac Jones. Season on the line, tough team in the house, nine-point dogs at home. You're still not convinced, I can only imagine. No, no, no. I mean, let's let's dial it back a little bit, right? Like, let's look at what Mac Jones did throughout the day. He didn't. Uh, he did not push the ball down the field, and that's kind of one of the big things that I have harped on since he kind of came into the league. Is there's no real ability to push it down the field. Now, I, I am. I, I don't think any more people can throw that the uh, the skill players stink. They were wide open all day today. Bob Douglas has a ton of juice. I don't know why they benched him after a fumble in one game and then, you know, understand he's out with a concussion, but that guy should be on the field for as many snaps as you can get him on the field for. He has more juice than anybody. And Ramondre Stevenson finally looked like the Ramondre Stevenson we knew from last season and before. And, and so it felt like the skill players were all ready to play and they just dialed it up and, and swing passes short short and intermediate passes that they were able to get yards after the catch on. You move the ball a little bit. You get a couple, you know, you get a Josh Allen turnover, get, put yourself up 10 nothing right away. That's, that's the way you win a football game. So I think one thing we have to say is he doesn't push the ball down the field. He probably shouldn't. He doesn't really, that's not really his game. It's also not their game because they don't really have anybody that can get open and catch the football down the field at this point. Their best Options are catch-and-run guys, like you just said, with Douglas and, and Kendrick Bourne to some degree. But don't you think this was an example that Max supporters would argue, oh, you put Mike on Wenu at right tackle, and look what happened. The line played better. He had a little bit more time. And his receivers, who we've been calling for, Demario Douglas, who's the only guy that's in that old-school slot, patriot, quick, get-open kind of mold, was on the field, and he was able to get him the ball. Don't you think there's at least the uh, chummed water for Mac defenders to have some hope that they may actually be right? Yeah, sure. They can have this, you know, day of hope, but <laughs> let's just not forget the last three games. Like, no, this, no, it's no. not like those games didn't happen. No. This is, you know, this was a good game. Mac had oh, yeah. a great day. Uh, I don't particularly find that he had, like, remarkable throws. He was, he was solid. He didn't turn the ball over. That's kind of his job. Yeah. We need him to not turn the football over. Let the defense make a couple plays. Let the running backs do their thing. And then you can maybe cobble together a few wins. But this is not like, oh, this is Mac Jones as a top 10 quarterback. Like, this is let, – let, nobody should be thinking that today. No, I don't think anyone is thinking that all of a sudden this is the Mac Jones we thought we were promised when he came into the NFL or Mac Jones is top 12 and you'll see Chris Sims singing his praises or something like that. No, by, by no means a stretch, but – the million-dollar question we're asking everyone now, Shime, look at the, the team in total, the whole product here, and what a good win that was for them. Yes, there was one turnover, but by and large, they played a mostly mistake-free game. A little bit, got a little sloppy in the end, but the offensive line was better. The pass rush was real today, and that's without most of their pass rushers or better ones, if you will. So do you think the Pats could potentially... Let's say make it a competitive and enjoyable season the rest of the way, maybe even win more games than they lose. Uh, I won't be like Catholic. I'll be very firm in my answer. No, like I, I don't, this doesn't change anything. This is, we're in a situation where Vegas overreacted to bad Patriots games and brought their win total down to four and a half. 
if you were smart and then bet the over on that, but had the original under of like seven and a half, under eight and a half, you're feeling really good about yourself because I think that's where they are. They're like a six, seven win team. You know, thinking they were only going to win three or four games is probably pretty stupid with Bill Belichick at head coach. Um, but they're not going to be anything crazy, right? Like you're, you're going to see good games when you face a team like the Giants. You're going to probably have a really good shot to win that game or a team like the Colts in Germany. But, you know, going into next Sunday, you're squaring off against the Miami Dolphins. Tonight's game hasn't even happened yet, and I would bet that Miami's probably at minimum a five to five and a half point favorite in that in that game next week. So before we let you go, give us a quick preview of what you expect to be sort of the tone of the Greg Hill show tomorrow morning between the Mac supporters, the Mac haters, you, Wiggy, Greg, everybody. Give me a quick preview of that fight that's going to ensue from six to ten. Yeah, so um, the the guys uh, the the show will be down at Gillette. I expect a very cheery Bill Belichick, which would be good. I think Greg will be uh, trying to he'll be pounding on Gresh's door to get back onto Mac Island. Uh, Wiggy will probably want to give him some ridiculous contract, like he wanted to do with Cam Newton. Uh, and Curtis will be and Curtis will be right there with Greg, saying, "This is Mac. He's back." Uh, and I will be the staunch person in the darkness, as I always have been. Uh, Andy, I told you the day they drafted him, I told you before they drafted him, or, or it was around the time they drafted him that Mac wasn't going to be uh, with his first team past his contract. I still believe that. I still think that's the case. Uh, good for you. You had a great game. One win doesn't make a season, and, uh, and we'll move forward in that. And Bill Belichick, of course, before the show today, or rather before the game, we find out that he signs the new deal, so he's going to be in a double. And it was his 300th win. Shime, he's going to be downright, you know, like ecstatic tomorrow with you guys. This could this could be an all timer. He'll be cracking jokes and high fiving you guys. Between the Dante Hall of Fame induction, a win, his 300th win, uh, the, his new contract is out there, which clearly his can't put out there. I couldn't. You could not ask for a happier Bill Belichick tomorrow is my guess. Well, that is going to make for must-listen, uh, or as they say in the biz, appointment radio tomorrow on a Patriots Monday here on WEI. 6 to 10 tomorrow, the Greg Hill Show with the fabulous, multi-talented superstar Chris Scheim. Thanks for joining us for a couple minutes. Glad you and your pops had a great sports moment that you guys could share together and remember the day you went and saw Mac Jones get his signature win as QB1 of the Patriots. Let us hope it is not the only one uh, for both you and your dad and for Mac Jones. Chime, safe drive. We'll talk to you later, kid. I appreciate it, boys. Enjoy the rest of the night. To you as well. There goes shame time on the Have a One Hotline. So he brought up an interesting point. Like, I like the way he phrased it. This doesn't mean Mac's a top 10 quarterback. I agree wholeheartedly. Obvious. That's That goes without saying, in my opinion. We're talking arm talent overall? Everything. Just overall. Just, okay. But is this an argument that he's not a bottom five? Which, the argument for being a bottom five type guy in the NFL, like one of the worst quarterbacks in football, passer rating, third down passer rating, was down the bottom. Is this Andy, an argument he's not same, that? Pardon, my, pardon me for stepping your toes there, but you could say the same for the team. Or you could ask the same of the team. Does this, does this win? Because, you know, the Patriots have been regularly relegated to the basement and the bottom of the power rankings yep. across the NFL the last several weeks. This and says they're not that. So. This says they're not that. And I think this says Max not that. This gets me back to square one where I thought he was a mediocre quarterback who, at worst, would be a journeyman in the NFL. Because I started to doubt that. Mm-hmm. That that Dallas second quarter was like, oh, my God. 
I don't know if this guy's good enough for the XFL, never oh. mind the, the NFL. Uh, the worst so you've ever seen. this helps balance that out at least and put that behind you where you're back to, like, average. Oh, maybe he's a 22 to 23 quarterback in the NFL or whatever the numbers you want to put on it are, and that might be good enough for him for right now. Like, just start the progression. Because I will say, like, it's a cliche, however you want to put it, like, you know, a journey of a 1,000 miles begins with a single step. Like, they took a step. I don't know if they fall yeah. in their face after that Which step. Way that goes. can happen. But a leap of faith sometimes begins with a big blind right. step. And today, you might you know, die. Pat's fans. Remember when Brady went on that bridge with that quack in Hawaii or whatever, and they take you out at night and they tell you to jump, and, they, and you're like, what? Why would I jump? But you do it because you believe in the guy, the whole thing. Maybe they just jumped onto concrete and they die splat. I don't know, but they jumped. Wow, I, I actually don't remember that. Oh, yeah. You don't remember him telling that story? No, I remember Who's that guy that he does, the, the, the tall, skinny, annoying? Chopra? No. Motivational speaker guy. Oh, Anthony Robbins. Tony yes. Robbins. Well, part of his shtick is they take you someplace and like blindfold you in the middle of the night and tell you they're taking you out on a bridge and tell you to have faith in them and like jump off. Well, this It'd is one of the weird those. if they told you to jump off and you went 50 feet down into a bunch of rocks and died. Yeah. But could the Patriots be that? Like, faith jump, ah, splat. I guess we'll have to stay tuned. You ever see Wiley Coyote or whatever? <laughs> I've seen it a couple times, yes. Splat. <laughs> Robert out in Springfield. You're on Six Rings. How are you? Yeah, I just want to make a quick point, guys. First of all, a great victory for the Pats today. You guys remember the last uh, Bills game against the Pats where Mac Jones threw, like, negative two times and his trajectory kind of went downwards since then? I feel like I got a funny feeling this game is going to change his trajectory. He's going to go right back up, and maybe he'll start at least be mid-to-pack quarterback in the NFL. So you believe? So basically, Mac's trajectory, if you will, Kind of went down ever since the wind, uh, wind addled game, the uh, the the hurricane game up in Buffalo, yeah. And that now yep. maybe yep. this will be a bit of a turnaround for him, and hopefully he can use. I mean, that's why a game like next Sunday, Robert, and uh, uh, is so big for them because you go to Miami against an opportunistic defense, a smart young head coach, and you're going against the best offense in football. Mac's going to have to put up some points in Miami next Sunday, so we'll get our chance to see if that is a turning point for them. And I'll ask you the same question I've asked everyone, Robert, before we uh, let you go. Do you believe your New England Patriots can now win more games than lose the rest of the way? I'm going to say it. I'm going to say this, honestly. I'm going to say yes, just because of one thing. I think this game is going to change Mac Jones' confidence a lot more. I think his confidence has to do a lot with his performance. And that's just the way I see it. When his confidence is down, He's just like anybody else. But when his confidence sure, sure. a little bit up, he starts playing better. So that's that's the way I see it. I think he's, he's going to turn it around. He's going to have a better season this year. There we go. All right, I'll take that, Robert. Thanks very much for calling the show. Change the, the battery in the... I was going to say, he might want to change the... the or it could be a carbon monoxide detector. Either one, change it. Yeah, he could save your life. Get a 9-volt. It could save your life. Yeah. It's important. Nine this PSA volts brought to you by expensive. your friends. It's They are. You buy a pack of those to do your whole house, because I don't know, like, my house has, like, I don't know, 10, 12 of those mm-hmm. things. So you buy the multi-pack, and you're like... 40 bucks or something? Yeah. What the hell are we doing here? I know. Is it me or the caller's like 50-50 on like your big question that you're posing? I yeah, that's why Actually, I think be. that's good. That's where it yeah. should be. Because if they were like 80-20 or 90-10, like, yeah, we're going to the Super see in Vegas, fancy. And be like, whoa. Well, I mean, I mean, I don't know if there's really much well, of that. Need, or just like, yeah, we're going to go to the playoffs. You think anyone yeah, is. Yeah, we're going to win more than we lose. Anybody looking yeah. to pick up max 50-year option tonight? No. <laughs> Might as well let Mac- the season play. Well, actually, this is a very good question to ask, though. If Mac Jones plays well again next Sunday and the Pats do start to sort of turn it around and maybe they win more games than they lose over the next 
four, six, eight weeks, we'll say up to even Thanksgiving, do we start thinking, hmm, maybe Mac Jones is working his way back into the the favor of the organization and Bill Belichick's heart. Maybe Belichick will stick with him. Well, the best opportunity... Be a, like Robert and Springfield said, could be a pivot point for him. The best opportunity for Bill Belichick, the Patriots, to be good fast is for Mac to be good. There's no doubt about that. If he solidifies himself as the starting quarterback, which was very much in doubt and still in doubt, but if he does that and you can use your $100 million elsewhere and whatever your draft pick is elsewhere for a wide receiver and you sign a tackle and you know all those things, that's the best-case scenario for Bill Belichick if his extension truly is, as Tom Curran reports or surmises or whatever mm-hmm. he's doing tw- through 2024. That's the best-case scenario for you to get quick, good, good, quick. Back yes. reverse those. Um, me winning it. Me winning isn't you. Because if you grammar. restart the quarterback position, then Bill's done. Like he's done. Like uh, you're you're not going to get good. Great. The record is probably gone. The whole thing. But if Mac is the guy, suddenly this turns around. Imagine if Mike Onwenu at right tackle and Demario Douglas are like the solution. Those two guys. What if it's as What if it's as simple as? Well, I mean, you all. Yeah, you also did like. You know, it was the addition by subtraction on the defensive line. You lose. Josh Uche, obviously Judon's gone for the season. You don't have Keon White, and all of a sudden today, like Barmore, yeah, but I'm just talking about Mac. Unblockable, I know. Mac looks good now. Back to the other side, the right tackle solidified the line, and and you gave him a quick option at receiver. Imagine if that's it. In our little pregame chat today up in the Putnam Club, the live talk show for the fans, Dan Copen was our guest, and he couldn't say enough about how important it is to to know which five guys you go out there with every week. And how the tackle spot has been such a bad blind spot for them as well. And obviously you need to know who your guy is out there and how good they are. Look at how much better they were today. It needs to be that simple, Andy. Yes, one consistently good slot receiver that gets open and makes plays over the middle and down the field. And a right tackle that can actually block people and give Mac Jones more than 1.38 seconds on average per drop back. Not going to get it done. In the NFL. 617-779-7937 is your telephone number. When we come back, more of your calls. We'll see if we can catch up with a little post-game audio from Buffalo. What are they saying up there in Loserville? Andy's thumbs up and thumbs down and so much more before we send you to Sunday Night Football coverage at 730. This is the Six Rings post-game show on WEEI. When you say execution, Josh, I mean, you get to a point as an offense when you do execute but it is kind of a pattern now within games where it's slow. Is it is it recognition of what defenses are doing? I don't want to put words in your mouth. What is it that's preventing you from getting to where you need to be earlier in games? Well, I wish I knew the exact answer because we'd, we'd have it fixed by now. So um, I'm going to watch this film and, and find a way to to get there, whatever it is. Um, you know, our season's not over. It's a long season. I know it feels pretty bleak right now, but... Um, you know, we're, we're going to figure it out. Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen in his postgame presser today. After losing to the New England Patriots for the first time in two years, Josh Allen had won his last three against the Patriots. Maybe he's won six of the last seven, but not today, Andy. And he played well at times, but also... 
for love from Commando. Yeah, man. Ooh, Joe Braverman, you are killing it tonight, my guy. I love it. When you said six of seven, but not today, I, I heard Herb Brooks' voice. But not tonight. But not tonight. But well, not tonight, Not Herb Brooks' real voice. His, his right. voice. From yeah. Kurt, Kurt, Kurt Russell, Russell playing Herb. Yeah. The great Kurt Russell playing. It's not just Kurt Russell. It's the great Kurt Russell playing Herb Brooks in Miracle. Great sports movie. Uh... Yeah, Josh Allen, like he'll he'll give you one like we talked about on the podcast this week. Sure did, right on the first play. Right out the gates. Our, right out the gates. Our guy, Jabril Peppers, big catch, big win overall. Then he makes some amazing throws, some amazing plays that only Josh Allen can make because at 6'5", 240, I mean, the dude's really hard to take down. He'll knock over most defenders that try to tackle him as well. I don't He's know. Very when evasive. Jack Jones hit him, he went down like a sack of potatoes. It's funny. Remember when John Jones knocked him out of that game four years ago in Buffalo, too? Oh, I do remember that. They yeah. cheap shot. Uh, Sean McDermott went ballistic. Yeah, he wasn't happy about that. Ew. Probably wasn't very happy about what went down today as well. No, but I will say. Do we have a handshake this is, between he and coach at midfield? This is, uh, I don't know, it is he? Um, but um, if, I, if you're prone to making excuses for quarterbacks, I mean, Josh Allen was listed with a right shoulder injury. I watched him roll out and just miss throws. And I don't know if those two things are connected or not. But, I mean, he was a hair away from having a great game. Mm -hmm. Like, there were throws on the run, even throws where, you know, Steph Diggs, he hit at the pylon early where it was just out of bounds. Mm -hmm. He's reaching for it, toe-tapping. I mean, he just – and then, as we said, I mean, we were all over – That's the Josh Allen effect. But we were all over Devontae Parker last week. We should be all over Stephon Diggs. The ball hit him in the bread basket at the 30-yard line. You have a timeout. You're going to have seconds to throw throw for the end zone. I don't know if you then make the next play, but it's the same thing as a week ago. Your receiver didn't give your team a chance to win the game, and your quarterback did. But he's Steph Diggs, and so he'll get a lot more slack cut to him because he's Steph Diggs and the things he's done. Should he, though? Shouldn't it go the other way? We pay you a lot of money to catch that ball. What has Devontae Parker done, aside from making excuses for dropping that pass last week? Now, catch. all of a sudden, they win today. It's like, oh, well, they should have won last week as well. Next thing you know, the three and four, and people are talking differently about the And if you had beaten the Eagles, and if you had beaten your... Well, you'd be the best team in football. How'd that take a turn? <laughs> wow. And from you, no less. Two and five, staying alive. Back to the phones we go. Spee is all the way out in Fresno, checking in on Six Rings. Hello, Spee. Fitzy, I'm a longtime enjoyer of your various types of material. And Andy, the last time we talked was on PFW. I was the guy who... Uh, authored, composed the accent off. Um, I, yeah, we've I, forgotten about that. <laughs> yeah. Not please, in this please, economy, Speed. For all of our sake. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what you're saying, my man. Um, I really enjoy the Six Rings podcast every week, <laughs> like sometimes all week. So I wanted to finally call it and say thank you and uh, maybe throw some thoughts on the game today. Um, uh, first off, 50, yes. no, <laughs> this, this win will not be a catalyst propelling the team forward to <laughs> okay. winning more than losing. Um, the talent deficit remains. And, and related to that, and that's what connects to this game today, like the game today showed the formula for, for this particular Patriots team to, to win against the good, the more talented teams. Like you've got to play nearly flawlessly and the opponent needs to have a bad and or really bad day. I mean, and then like on Mac, on Mac in particular, he absolutely should be getting attaboys today. Like, I'm not saying that he, he, was, he was a world beater. I'm not even saying he's entirely the reason that they won. I'm not sure. But, but I don't think he's the guy, generally, so I'm biased. I would never look to him to win a game, and I was only praying for them to get a field goal on the last drive. It was a stunner to me that Mac led a game-winning drive, and the offense gets you over that 25-point scoring hump. 
But the issue is, and this is what I'll, I'll kind of maybe leave with, you, leave with you unless you want to chat, but it's all on a razor's edge. Like whether you're Steph Diggs on one side or Mac Jones on the other. Like, like the play before the Bourne turnover was nearly a Mac Jones turnover. Yep. Like with a wobbly, weird lobbing pass. Maybe it was tipped. I don't know. But still, my take is that it's all on a razor's edge. Today was a nice kind of like eye of the, <laughs> eye of the storm bit of fun. I don't know how you can see it as anything other than an outlier. Um, yeah, and Andy is also right, by the way, on two other points. Uh, Mac is a 22 or 23 QB in the league, and nine volts are obscenely expensive. Oh, thanks, B. A rock-solid call, B. Please make sure you check in on the regular. Thanks so much, and we do appreciate you downloading and listening to the Six Rings and Football Things podcast. It's hard to argue with a lot of what Speed laid forth there, Andy, but... Because he knows of what he speaks. Uh, no, that was good. I'll let that... I'm just going to let that... Uh, just percolate a little bit? I'm going to actually use some speed Marinate. and expedite our way right out of that one for you. Uh, but that's, again, why... Shut up, at, Next week... Next week, there's a bunch of batteries going off at the same time. Next week, you know, this is what it's all about in terms of Mac Jones. If he plays his ass off next week, if the line keeps him clean, if he throws for 300 yards, doesn't throw for picks, a couple touchdowns, keeps them in the game. Not necessarily saying he goes on the road and gets his second signature big win, but also his biggest road win. Okay, I mean, that would be spectacular. But if he just goes and continues with the momentum from today and plays well next week, the conversation, or at least the narrative, may change a little bit. Chris Berman will be... I'm not saying, but I'm just saying... Macaco, right on the Macaco. I'm not saying he's a franchise QBD, but I'm just saying... Yeah, no, next week is a huge game. He took his talents to South Beach. He could go. For a 2-5 and team... Back, 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 back. Uh, for a two and five team, next week is a sneaky huge game. Not like again. I'm not saying they go it. twelve and five and whatever. You're borrowing. You're gonna dare you say pivotal, sir? But if you no, not pivotal. It's sneaky huge, but not. You're pivotal. not making the playoffs. I okay. kind of agree with Shime. You're probably gonna end up like a six or a seven win team. He's right, gambling wise. If you took the under on the seven and a half and then the over on the four and a half, I think you should feel really good about those slips you hold in your hand because I think you could double your winning. But. It's a it's a game to say, oh, no, we're moving in the right direction. We're not an embarrassment. We're not falling apart. Mac might be trending in an upward direction. The coaching, maybe. I mean, is it possible to say, hey, Bill O'Brien coming into his own, Adrian Clem coming into his own. They're learning their talent. They're kind of working together, working out the kinks. Hell, in the old days, we'd be talking about, see, I told you September's an extension of the preseason. They always work things out for a few weeks, and then they hit their stride. Those are the conversations we'd be having in the old days. I'm not saying we should have those, mm-hmm. but there may be some truth to it that they're hitting their stride. They dug too deep a hole. The se- they ended the right. season with the hole, but you Started can still season, feel yeah. good. Yep. No, no, no. They ended the season. It's over. The season is over. You're not going yeah. to the playoffs. No, I didn't say that we it's were. It's the story that is going to play out. And is the story a semi-positive one where you kind of feel better, you feel good about Mac? And as I said, if Mac somehow solidifies his role, it changes everything for the future. That is true. There is one point we everything. can agree on. If Mac Jones can solidify his spot as QB1 of the Patriots with some quality efforts that are Buffalo-like the rest of the way, starting next week on the road at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, 
then yeah, maybe the narrative does change about the quarterback, about the quarterback and coach relationship and the future of the franchise. 617-779-7937. When we come back, the rest of your calls, thumbs up, thumbs down, the cars for kids, player of the game. It's all here on the home stretch of tonight's very robust, exciting, and altogether outrageous Six Rings and Football Things post-game show on WEEI.